Welcome to Nevertheless, She Persisted. I'm your host, Sadie. Every Friday, I post interviews about mental health, dialectical behavioral therapy, and teenage life. These episodes break down my mental health journey, teach skills to help you cope with life, and showcase testimonials from teens just like you. Whether you've struggled yourself or just want to improve your mental fitness, this podcast is your inspiration to live a life you love and keep persisting. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of She Persisted. I am really excited for this week's episode. It is the third installment of the Mental Health and College Application Series. This week, I'm sitting down with Hillary Higgins. She is a current college counselor at the Nueva School, which is a school in the Bay Area, and she is a former USC admissions counselor. So she has loads of experience in the college admissions world, both on the counseling side and from the admissions perspective, reading your applications, making decisions on applicants and all of that. And I thought this was the perfect perspective to get to wrap up this series, which is how does college admissions view talking about your mental health in a college application? Is it a good sign? Does it show strength and perseverance? Does it raise red flags? How do they perceive such experiences? One thing to note, this week I was thinking a lot about this episode in this series, which I'm so glad I did. And I wanted to address that you don't have to talk about your mental health in your college application. Up until probably a couple of months before I submitted my college application, I was dead set on not mentioning my mental health struggles. I was going to talk about the podcast. Now I had this passion, but not at all related to what I'd gone through. And so if you feel like you haven't totally processed through your mental health struggles, if you're still actively going through a mental health journey, or you're not ready to share that with a broader audience, you don't feel like it's necessary for people to understand your mental health journey to know you as a college applicant. There's no pressure to mention your journey, what you've gone through. It is definitely not by any means something you should feel forced to talk about. And Hillary says this amazingly in this episode. And before we get into this, one further disclaimer, Hillary did say this when we were starting the interview, but I don't know if I got it within the recording, but she is speaking from experience in the college admissions world. She's not stating these opinions on behalf of either the Nueva School or the University of Southern California. So just to make that disclaimer, make that clear. Without further ado, let's get into it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on She Persisted. I'm so excited that we got to sit down and do this. I know, me too. I'm excited. So can you introduce yourself a little bit and give listeners a bit of background on you, your work in the college applications field, and who they're listening to right now? Yeah. So my name is Hillary Higgins. I currently am a college counselor at a school in the Bay Area. The school is called the Nueva School. We we are a K through 12 school, but I work primarily with juniors and seniors applying to college. I have been there since January of 2020, which was such a transition, I bet. An absolutely ridiculous time to start a new job <laughs> in <laughs> hindsight. You know, when it was happening, it was great. And then, you know, come like the second week of March, <laughs> You know, that was my last week on campus. It's definitely been crazy. And to top that off, it was also a move in a new city for me. Before I was working at Nueva, I was working in the USC Office of Admission, and I was there for about six years. And prior to that, I had worked in high school admissions, really middle school admissions, for a year. And prior to that, I was a lawyer. And so I had quite a career shift. But I've always been working in the world of education. And I love working with students and parents and families. And I loved working at USC and working at Nueva has been great so far. That's awesome. The whole pandemic. Of course, of course. No, I can't imagine just from a logistical perspective, being in like a new city and not being able to get out and explore it and meet new people and kind of build your community. It's crazy. Yeah. And on the topic of mental health, like, not necessarily feeling safe every time you go out for a walk. You know, it's it's, crazy. It was hard. I totally, completely imagine that. 
So this series that I'm kind of doing, these three episodes, is all about mental health and college applications. So I was kind of hoping to dive into how to talk about your mental health journey in a college application because it's a subject that has so much stigma in our society. Unfortunately, there are different judgments that can go along when someone hears that you've struggled with mental health. Um, And of course, I wish it wasn't that way, but that's the cards we're dealt. So we kind of got to look at that and see how we can use mental health and describe it in a way that is seen as a strength. So, so far I've talked about how I approached my application and then I sat down with Maya, who's actually at the wave also, and we talked about maintaining your own mental health during the college application. So all of that stress of like 12, 15 essays and how you can make sure that you're doing mentally okay and supporting friends when they find out their decisions and all of that. So talking about the do's and don'ts of talking about your own mental health really seemed like the perfect next step. So my first kind of question I had for you was when you sit down with someone who's crafting their application, what is your counsel on discussing mental health? Are there things to avoid, do's, don'ts, all of that? Yeah, it's definitely a student-led conversation. So if if there have been any any mental health struggles that students have experienced throughout their life, whether in middle school, high school, it's definitely a subject that I let them approach. And many students come right out and bring it up and say, this is really important to me. It's really defined my high school experience. And it's something that I want to talk about in my application. That is the first sign to me that it's a good idea because... Yeah. If they're on board, if they're excited to talk about it, you know, as excited as they can be, or they really (laughs) feel like it's an accomplishment, like it's something that they have worked really hard on and it's something they want to highlight, then great. I think they should go for it. Sometimes it's pretty easy to see that anxiety is a hard word to even say out loud for students Mm -hmm. because they really are still very much feeling that anxiety and they haven't found the tools yet to deal with it and to cope with it. And so I really let them take the lead. And I will say that I've only spent one year counseling students Mm -hmm. on the application process. So my experience reading applications is more extensive than my experience Mm -hmm. counseling students on how to approach this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I do think one um, informs the other. So totally. So I really let students take the lead and and let them decide whether this is an issue they want to talk about. And that's sort of the first step. We touched on this a little bit, but are there certain situations where you don't feel that it necessarily serves an applicant to discuss their mental health journey? When I was writing this question, I kind of thought about someone who has a pretty well-rounded application. Maybe they talked about their sport and their personal statement and their extracurriculars are totally different, but then they want to throw in on the extra comments section, this whole other thing about mental health. That was kind of what, what came to mind. But are there situations where it's maybe doesn't benefit an applicant to include that in their in their application? Well, so there's two parts to this question. One mm-hmm. is what is the appropriate use of the additional information section? Yes. <laughs> um, which I could talk about in a whole another podcast for totally. an entire hour. Um, <laughs> but, and then there's the question of, you know, whether or not they should throw this into that section or, you know, even more broadly in other parts of their application. And... You know, I think I think the answer is maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I think the answer is it depends. You know, my approach to the application is it is a student-driven process. This is their application. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not really my place to say what they should or shouldn't include. Mm-hmm. And I do think as their counselor, it's my job to help talk through what they're including in their application so that it serves them, so that it's only going to help them. And I yeah. think if it's if it's something that is really important to them, I would never tell them not to write about it, but I would help talk about how to talk about it. 
And so I think it has to be solution focused. I think mm-hmm. if they can present it in a way to show growth. I almost think that makes them a better college applicant because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're admitting a student on your campus, they're going to struggle. Every single student in college is going to struggle with mental health at some point. And if a student mm-hmm. has the tools to deal with it and knows what to do when they start feeling that like, you know, pain in their chest or mm-hmm. like that, like whatever their first sign is, mm-hmm. if they know what to do when that happens, they are going to be more successful in college, not less. Mm-hmm. And I think the fear is that, you know, they think a college admission person is going to read this and be like, you know, no, this is too much, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the opposite. And so, no, there aren't really any, any situations in which I would say, don't talk about this. I think the conversations I'd want to have is like, is how to talk about this. That's totally the way I approached it too. When I was talking to my parents, I got lots of feedback from them when I was doing my essays and the phrase that my dad would use when he was like, how I was going to talk about this was like a phoenix rising from the ashes. And he was like, you can talk about the ashes a little bit, but let's really focus on the growth and what came after and the strengths that that this journey had. So another kind of logistical question that I felt was super important to ask you because it is relevant to so many applicants who have mental health struggles is if your mental health has impacted your grades and you had grades that really weren't what you wished they would have been or that they were worse than what your grades are now that you've gotten your mental health under control, how do you advise applicants to address that in their application? Absolutely. And I think that happens all the time. And sometimes it's mental health and sometimes it's I had knee surgery and sometimes it's my family was going through something and yeah. I had to focus on something else. And I think I think it's Again, mental health is something that the student has to be comfortable talking about. But I think even if they're not comfortable saying precisely what happened or exactly the experience they went through, mm-hmm. I think if there are ever outlier grades, you know, one of the things I tell my students is you don't want to leave the reader with any questions. You want them to feel like they have a complete picture of your high school experience. And so if they're reading your application and they're like, this is weird, like, what is this <laughs> thing? Like, what is yeah. this random C in the middle of 10th grade when otherwise mm-hmm. they have only A's and B's? Mm-hmm. Or like, why did the student drop this class halfway through the semester? If you can just clarify those things in advance and not leave them with any questions, you don't have to go into like precise detail about what mm-hmm. happened. But just generally saying like, I needed outside support at this point in my high school experience, which is why my grades are lower. But mm-hmm. as you can see, there is an upward trend after this, or like, as you can see, things shifted that next semester or that mm-hmm. next year and just provide a brief explanation if the student is comfortable doing that. This week's episode is sponsored by Teen Counseling. I cannot tell you guys how many DMs, texts, emails I get from teens, parents, even friends asking, how can I find a therapist? How can I enroll in therapy? How can I find a therapist for my teen? How do I tell my parents I want to go to therapy? That's why I'm partnering with Teen Counseling. Teen Counseling is an online therapy program with over 14,000 licensed therapists in their network. They offer support on things like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, and more, and it's all targeted at teens. They offer text, talk, and video counseling, so no matter what level of support you're looking for, they got you. You're going to go to teencounseling.com she persisted. You'll fill out a quick survey about what your goals are for therapy, whether that's improving your mental health during the pandemic, working on your relationship with your parents, improving self-esteem, whatever it is, they'll match you with therapists that fit your needs. You'll enter your information and your parents' information. Your parents will get a super discreet email saying your child is interested in working with a licensed therapist at teencounseling.com. They head to the website, learn a little bit more about the program, and a preview to work with a therapist. And from there, you can meet with that therapist on a frequency that works for you. 
This is a great way to dip your toe into the therapy world and get support when you need it without having to go into an office, meet with a therapist, meet with a stranger, and go through all of that for the first time. So you can go to teencounseling.com slash she persisted. Again, that's teencounseling.com slash she persisted to get started today. Totally. I think that makes so much sense. So kind of shifting our perspective because you also have read applications for years and years, which is you have both sides of the the story there. In your experience, how did admissions officers view mental health applications? Yeah. So, you know, it's always the school I worked at, we used a holistic review process, which Mm -hmm. if you're going through the college application process, you've probably heard that word holistic a lot. (laughs) And I used to say this when I was giving college admission presentations is, you know, that word means something different at every school. But, you know, at USC, we really did read holistically. And so every single component of the application was reviewed, was considered. There wasn't one part of the application that was given more weight than another part. So you say like a mental health application, you know, that's, that's, putting a lot of weight on one part of the application. And so it was one thing that we looked at in the context of a lot Mm -hmm. of things. And like, you know, like I was saying before, like if a student showed me that they had been through something and that they came out the other side and had the skills to, you know, work on it, or even had the courage to say like, I'm currently going through this and this is what I'm doing. And this is how I'm going to bring it forward with me to college. You know, in my mind, that was ideal. Like college is hard. And if you have tools to deal with, you know, things that are hard outside the classroom, like you're, you're better equipped for college than, than many students who have never struggled with mental health mm-hmm. because at some point they are likely to. And, and so I always viewed those things very positively. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing to hear that because I think when I was on the other end of the college admissions process, I was just like, worst possible scenario. Everyone is in like the 1800s as far as how they're viewing mental health. Like, how can I write this in a way that again, won't be like a liability or a risk. And then I can really show these strengths, but it's so, it's amazing to hear that you can really see the strength and the, the value of those skills and what an asset it can be to a community, whether it's for your own mental health or supporting other people that are struggling. And I I think that's just awesome. Yeah. And I also think you know, it's, it's so hard to imagine who's reading your application, mm-hmm. but the world of college admissions trends young and also is a pretty diverse group of, of people. And mm-hmm. so I think they come at it from the perspective of appreciating when students are able to talk about, you know, what's hard, mm-hmm. whether that is, you know, mental health, whether that's, you know, academics, you know, that self-awareness is, mm-hmm. is always comes across really strong and really Mm -hmm. well in a student's application when they're able to communicate it. I also wanted to kind of hear your general advice for applicants because lots of people who listen to the podcast either aren't planning to talk about their mental health journey or they haven't necessarily struggled. So from a reader's perspective, what is your advice for an applicant that's starting this process, beginning to craft their story and prepare their application? So I'm, I'm currently having a whole bunch of junior meetings and talking about this on a daily basis. And you know, the one thing that I'm really encouraging my students to do is to keep an open mind. And I think a lot of students are nervous about whether or not they'll be able to visit campuses and whether or not they will get the feelings that they might have gotten about schools if they could have visited. And I am, I actually think this is giving students an opportunity. I think this is the opportunity here is to think about the things that will actually impact your experience in four years at the school. Mm -hmm. And 
I know like the food in the dorms is important, <laughs> like when you think about a school, but, totally. but it's really not going to impact your four years. Mm-hmm. I promise. Mm-hmm. You can live um, off campus. You can get Postmates every day. You'll 100%. be fine. <laughs> and like, if you have to eat like the food in the dorm, which like, isn't the best, you'll, you'll also that. survive. <laughs> like it'll be okay. I promise. Yeah. And so I, I actually think this is giving students an opportunity to think more about the things that are important to them and to think about the things that schools are offering. And I think there is a language to higher education. And I think the more you learn about schools, the more you learn that language and how schools describe themselves. And I think half of the process this year is going to be that external research, that doing the virtual information sessions, doing the virtual tours, mm-hmm. whatever the schools are offering. One of my favorite things that I did was watching like the freshman students vlogs on YouTube, the wannabe like creators. And it was so, it was amazing because you saw what life was actually like, what their stress was like as they went to classes, how much homework they were doing, how did they spend their free nights? It was just, it was perfect. One of my students was just telling me how she went down like a YouTube rabbit hole at Mm -hmm. one school. And I was like, that's amazing. It's perfect. The research doesn't have to be just the virtual information session. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even have to be that at all. Mm -hmm. You know, any school's Instagram page, I'll plug USC for a minute because I actually think they do a really good job on their Instagram page and Mm -hmm. they have student takeovers and they talk about different majors and minors and all the interdisciplinary options and the clubs and the organizations and you get Mm -hmm. it from the student perspective. And so you learn what it's like as a, on, you know, day to day, what that mm-hmm. student is going through. And of course, right now it's a little bit different because yeah. COVID. But if you're a junior applying, you can hopefully plan for a somewhat normal year once you get through this whole process. I hope so. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, I don't think the, I don't think the research has to look one way. And I think, I think this year students just need to go into it with an, with an open mind and, and look at this as an opportunity to really think critically about the schools and why, you know, this idea of fit, you know, I could argue that this idea of a, the perfect fit in a college is a myth. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are many schools that will be, you know, the perfect fit. Totally. It was so funny because when I was writing like my why this school essays, I kept like going into this narrative and I'd be like, I know that no matter where I go to school, I'll find a great group of people and I'll be so happy. I just can't wait. And I was like, no, I have to convince these people that it's their school and I love their school. But really anywhere, you'll find your group of people, you'll find classes that you love and you'll 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 be able to really enjoy those four years. And I think it's important to remember that even though you can get so attached to one school or a couple of schools and it's it's putting a lot on the line to show all these parts of your best self and then possibly get rejected and it's it's quite a process but yeah this week's episode is brought to you by Sakara you guys know how much I'm stressing the importance of good sleep, good nutrition, getting outside, staying active, because when we don't take care of our physical health, our mental health truly suffers as well. I know that my emotional vulnerability is off the charts when I'm not taking care of my physical health. I can't be productive. My relationships struggle and everything just becomes a mess. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients and they're designed to boost your energy, improve digestion, and get your skin glowing. Their meals are delivered all around the U.S., ready to eat, at your door, and you are good to go. They also have some amazing wellness essentials, like one of my favorites, their sleep tea, which you know I love a good cup of tea before bed to keep my sleep hygiene in check. They also have things like beauty chocolates, like chocolate that you eat to help your skin, like literally mind blown. 
so many different supplements, teas, powders, granola, all of that kind of stuff. To get your hands on their amazing products, you can go to Saqqara.com and use code XOSADY at checkout for 20% off. Again, that's Saqqara.com. Use code XOSADY at checkout for 20% off your first order. Any simple mistakes that you see lots of applicants making, like a couple that I was like thinking of as possible abilities was like spending too much time studying for like a subject test instead of like any writing your essays or like going into like irrelevant topics or something like that. Yeah, I I saw this question and I was trying to think about mistakes that students make. And it's hard to say that anything is a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Because ultimately it leads them to where they go and Mm -hmm. where they end up. And if they need to go through that to get there, then great. Mm-hmm. You know, the school I work at now, we are we are not an AP school. And so I think sometimes students see APs and they're like, oh, I should do that because <laughs> all these other schools are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, our students don't take classes that prepare them for the APs. Yeah. And totally on a side note, like I jumped into APs at public school and it was like I signed up for three in my first year, never having done these before. And the grade boost is great. If you're going to take an AP, do it because it helps your GPA to do a class that most of the time is pretty manageable. The test, what are the chances you're actually going to use that for college credit? This year, we didn't even submit those. If you're taking the actual class, I feel like it's super valuable, but the test, I'm like on the fence about. And especially because students can take them after their senior year, mm-hmm. once they know where they're going. And if they're going to a school that gives them credit for the AP exams, mm-hmm. then fine, take however many you want, even one is fine, Mm -hmm. you know, and if it's going to, you know, fulfill the foreign language requirement that you just don't want to do in college. I mean, Mm -hmm. I did that. I, I passed out of Spanish. I never had to take foreign language in college, which Mm -hmm. now looking back on, I'm, I actually am, I regret a little. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, you see things as like a shiny light in your application when really it's, you know, AP scores are reviewed very little in the application process. Mm -hmm. If you don't submit them, it's definitely not held against you especially mm-hmm. if you don't go to a school that provides AP yeah, courses. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I wouldn't say, but you know, some students, they want to do it. And so it's, I wouldn't call it a mistake. You know, that's just their path. And, you know, one thing I will say that students sometimes do is they'll talk about something that they know a lot about. And this can happen with like a book they read or a mm-hmm. movie they watched. And they'll just assume that the reader knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And this sometimes happens when I'm reading like my students' essays now. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking like, about. I know this is like <laughs> something that like you think I should know about, but I just don't. <laughs> so I'm now lost. Yeah. Um, so think about the fact that like the reader has to know what you're talking about. And if like mm-hmm. there's any chance they don't like clarify. And that's why it's so helpful to have so many people read your application so that you can catch those things. And if someone's like, I don't understand this, your reader might not have understood it. So it's great that you're getting that out of the way and you can edit to make sure that works. Any kind of last advice, things that you feel like would be important to add anything like that you know I think students if they just go into this process with an open mind and they're able to keep that open mind they'll be okay at the end and you know I think the idea of transferring is like the worst idea in the world when you're a college senior or uh, (laughs) I'm sorry a high school senior but Mm -hmm like you always have that option and nothing is set in stone and everything is can change. And I mean, I have so much fun with my students going through this process and I know sometimes they are super stressed out and it's hard, Mm -hmm. but it's also really exciting. And, you know, talking to some of my seniors now, just college decisions are like on the verge of 
being yeah. 100% released. And I just can't wait to go through this next month with them. Even though I know right now they don't necessarily feel the same excitement, they will feel it eventually. Yeah. Uh, and so just keeping in mind that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that, you know, it all does end. And when you, when you know the, the, you know, that feeling is, it's just so much fun. And so I love it. Starting off the process, keep an open mind and, you know, it ends eventually. So enjoy it. <laughs> Totally. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I think this is going to be such a valuable episode for so many people that are either starting the college application process or have it in the next couple of years and just so, so helpful. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me.